0: It was literally in the middle of nowhere. Literally, no civilization either in front of me or behind me. There was nobody. It was in the, I was in the middle of nowhere. Pitch black. I, I didn't know where to go. I remember, like, I, I reached the crossroad. I you know there was a small shop or something. I asked you know like basically I don't speak Vietnamese obviously. Yeah. <laughs> so, so so I showed them my phone. I was like here like uh, like I showed them I showed them the, the name of the village, and the, the, the local guy was telling me to go like left, and uh, the GPS was. Telling me to go
1: right <laughs> hello and welcome to another inspiring and exciting episode of inspiring explorers and this is your host Manakshi Srivastava also known as my Boho voyage inspiring explorers is all about inspiring you with the inspiring life journeys of our amazing guests and also share and talk about some of their travel experiences that are not limited to sightseeing for this episode of inspiring explorers we have an inspiring explorer who is mostly famous as a Greek, Solo, And as the name suggests, he is a solo traveler from Greece. Tassos Tassos has been a solo traveler for a while now. He dropped out of college and did you know education in Greece is free? And yet Tassos dropped out of college to do what he loves the most, traveling, traveling the world. Let's listen to Tassos' inspiring life journey from being an architecture student to becoming a full-time solo traveler. Guys, if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, please follow and if on Apple Podcasts, then please subscribe and please leave a review about the show. It helps me bring you awesome episodes. Also, if you guys are watching this episode on YouTube, please do subscribe to my channel My Boho Voyage. M-Y-B-O-H-O-V-O-Y-A-G-E. My Boho Voyage. Come connect with me on Instagram to catch me and my guests go live on Instagram as well as Facebook. Also, if you guys are on Clubhouse, you can search me by my Boho Voyage or by my name, Minakshi Shrivastava, and connect with me there. Let's have some awesome conversations on Clubhouse. All the links are provided in the description box below. So, without any further delay, let me welcome our amazing guest for today, Tassos, also known as a Greek solo. <laughs> Welcome you to Inspiring Explorers, Tasos. So happy to have you on our show.
0: I mean Actually, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure being here. Hello from Mexico.
1: <laughs> and uh, you are like from Greece, but you're in Mexico and it's the COVID times. So how are you man- yeah. managing, like traveling in a different country?
0: <laughs> yeah, that's a good question, actually. I mean, like to start things off, it was uh, it was kind of tough to leave Greece because, as you mentioned, we're an ongoing uh, kind of strict lockdown, I'd say. So uh, when I left, I left the, the end of November. When I left, like, about a month ago, they said that the lockdown would end, end as, you know, the end of November, but then the end on the 30th, they extended. I think now it's still the 7th of January in Greece, but, like, as things evolve, I think it's going to, you know, be extended and extended and extended, mm-hmm. I don't know for how long. So for me, for me being in Greece, being, being a content creator, you know, it was... I was recently in lockdown. I, I also work as a freelancer. So I make like photography, you know, photography and video for other businesses. So, but there was no business, you know, because obviously you cannot approach a business that big, you know, it's being shut down, you know, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I was basically staying in Athens, spending European money, but like not earning any money. So, okay. whereas here, like how I took the decision. Actually, I have another Greek friend here. His name is Timmy Carter. He's also a blogger from Greece. And um, he, I was talking to him because he was here. And he said, he, he introduced me to this, this idea. And I was like, why not? You know, I have nothing to lose. So then I started to, like, about mid-November, when the idea hit me, I started to, to really try to find ways how I'm able to leave Greece, you know, because it was a lockdown. And the thing is, like, I love my country, but like when it comes to government and things, it's like a bit complicated with a bureaucracy, you know, especially du- during these times. So I would call like there's a government number. I would call them. I was like, hey, guys, like is it able to leave the country? And they were like, we don't know. And I'm like, if you don't know who, who does, you know. <laughs> so it was kind of a bummer. I had to like make like many, many phone calls like, you know, with the. Greek embassy in, you know, the Mexican embassy in Greece and then uh, with the airlines and then with the airport and then with the government. So like I had to make a lot of calls and theoretically it was possible. But up until I got on my flight, you know, I, I wasn't sure because actually they moved my flight once and because I had a connection flight Athens to Frankfurt and then from Frankfurt to Mexico City. And then they moved my flight from Athens to Frankfurt. And then because it was so delayed, I would miss my big flight from Frankfurt to Mexico. So I was like, so I had to change my flight once and, you know, and pray that it works. And it thankfully did. And I'm really going to be here actually, you know, it's, uh, uh, being content creator here, as I said, in Greece, I was just spending money, not earning anything. Whereas here I can, how you say I can approach businesses as a freelancer, but also I can create content from, you know, for myself, obviously, taking the necessary precautions uh, each and every time.
1: Yeah, definitely. Like COVID has been hard on Europe very honest. yeah
0: i mean it has been in all over the world actually now before before our interview i was reading in um um the news and uh, there's like a a news new a new, uh, a new uh, how do you say mutated virus in the uk so like yeah finger, fingers crossed <laughs> like, uh, yeah yeah fingers crossed yeah
1: again a bad news for travelers oh God. <laughs>
0: yeah but thing is you know like it's a bad thing not, not only for traveling but obviously for businesses that struggle you know small business and everything all around the world so like i think travel like you know being a vlogger or like being a creator like travel wise it's, it's like the least of the world's problems right now i think
1: <laughs> true yeah, yeah 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 definitely so like coming to the traveling part in in a way that you're a travel blogger now and you keep moving around traveling and content creation so were you a content creator? Like, uh, did you always wanted to be a content creator? What was your life journey? Let us know a little brief about like how a Greek solo started. That's a good question actually. You know,
0: what, what I always say for, um, for example, like for a project to work for, for me, like a Greek solo is still small, you know, in terms of how I imagine it and like, five, 10 years from now, but I feel like I'm on the right path, you know, like I'm being a creator. I think most creators out there will really, you know, resonate with that because like when you feel you're, you're doing the right things, I think you're, then you're, you know, on the right path to do something. But like, as I always say, like for something to work, you need to try many things, you know, I've tried many, many things. Uh, but, like starting off, like uh, when I was in school, I, uh, I didn't know re- what I really want to do. I was solely introduced. Used to you know one path one career path it's like you know the career most people you know the path most people take in the western world like you know finish school like a, get a university it's free also in Greece that's like a big a big thing in Greece like public education you know education so you know I, I want to become an architect that's what I thought uh, eventually anyway eventually I ended up in you know studying architecture but uh and, and I think I was good. My professors were, were like, you know, you should like do this because I'm really creative as a person. That's why I'm a creator, obviously, now. But I didn't feel, I didn't really feel like it, you know. I was like, is this what I really want to do? You know, and uh, I, I remember, you know, staying up all night and uh, do the projects and do all the models for those of uh, your listeners and your viewers that know about architecture. And and I was like, this is okay I guess for some people, but not for me, you know. So, like, uh, long story short, I decided to drop out, and uh, I remember, you know, the, you know, actually, the, the day I dropped out. So, like, uh, up until that point, on paper, I was on a, on a good, how you say, track, in terms of like society standards, you know, like in stereotypes, I was like in a good school, like I would graduate, I would, I would have a good degree and stuff, you know. So everything was going well, like for all the rest of the world, just not for me, you know, which is the most important thing, you know. Yeah. So. Yeah, so um, yeah, I decided to drop out in the day. I dropped out. I remember I didn't know what I want to do after that, but I felt really free. I was like, okay, now I have my life in my hands and I can try things. So from then on, I tried various things. I was actually hosting a podcast, like one of the first podcasts in Greece. That you know, I, I dropped that uh, because I actually went to the army because, like, army is uh, mandatory in Greece. So okay. 2018, I went to the army. And then um, at, at the time, like, I was writing for magazines. I was like, I had my own first blog. Like, uh, it was my my first brand. Like, a blog was called Live Explore Inspire. It was in Greek solo. Mm-hmm. So. It, it was more of an amateur thing. And then in uh, like a year and a half ago, before my first project, which was in Southeast Asia, um, I went to countries kind of like Singapore, Myanmar, Thailand, Vietnam. Uh, so I, um, yeah, I called that the Asia project because for, for us Westerners, Southeast Asia, East Asia, like apologies <laughs> for your uh, audience in <laughs> India. Actually, I, I really want to come to India, like, you know, hopefully when yeah. things uh, come down. but. Yeah, anyway, so, like, um, I started Greek solo because I really wanted to show the real side of travel, like, the one you don't normally see, you know, on the Instagram profiles and everything. Um, Yeah, and, you know, that brought me to many experiences, you know, like, that brought me to the mountains of, like, Vietnam up in the north, interacting with, like, tribes, obviously we couldn't communicate other than body language, but you know, that's why I traveled for, for example. And, uh, yeah, that's a journey how a Greek solo started like a year and a half ago.
1: Okay. So like you kept evolving from one thing to another. And now you're finally into this.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I had to try many things, you know, for example, like, uh, I've, I've also like been a radio producer for like, uh, in web radio in Greece for like three years. Mm. And that actually helped me a lot, for example, because it was the first time it wasn't, it wasn't with a camera. Because now I'm really used to the camera because it's a weird process, nevertheless. You know, like talking to the camera, it's (laughs) like basically talking to yourself, right? Right? So you have to get used to it. So I acquired the skill, like being comfortable in public from the radio, actually, because like it was the first time I was, uh, you know, speaking in public. Nobody could see me, but they could hear me. So I had to try, 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 and then, you know, reject the things I didn't. you know, really like, and, you know, being now doing a Greek, you know, the brand that it's called the Greek solo. I'm really, I can say I'm fulfilled in a sense, you know?
1: I get it. Like talking to a lot of uh, people who come into this journey of not doing the regular things, they do come for the reason that there's no fulfillment in what they were actually doing before.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's a, um, there's a fine line of, because I think most of us, you know, I mean, actually when you lie down, at night on your bed you really know what's going on in your life you know like when you're mm-hmm. by yourself you really know what you you could do or you know but do you have the courage or you know like the guts to do it you know because like I think there's you know uh, I read this uh, quote a while ago and it's it stuck with me ever since it was like if somebody has uh, has been successful in what you aspire to do then you don't have any excuse you know you know no excuses you you can do it yourself so yeah, I th- I think if somebody has found a way in what you want to do, then you can find it too, you know.
1: Definitely. They weren't
0: gods or they weren't like, you know, you know, they're normal people like you and me, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. So, like, uh, why did you choose solo traveling? Like, you could have been a traveler, would go along with people, yeah. but then why solo traveling?
0: Yeah, that's a good question, actually. You do really good questions. You make really good questions. <laughs>
1: thank you, thank you.
0: No worries. So why solo travel? Yeah, I mean, like I didn't start like doing solo travel. I, uh, you know, I was traveling. I remember my first, how I started traveling actually was because I I was, I'm at like, I do traditional dances in Greece, uh, like since I was a kid. And like, I think I was 16 or 17 because we would like compete in international festivals. And that's how I started traveling in a very young age with like groups. And um, later on, my sister would live in the UK. I would visit her on my own, but like I wasn't really alone because I was with my, my sister. So like I took baby steps. Uh, what I always say is you, you cannot go from zero to a hundred. I cannot go from, you know, uh, how you say, being comfortable in my couch, or my living room, for example, back in Greece, back in my home, wherever that may be, to go and, you know, backpack Asia or backpack Latin America, you know, true, true. You, you need to, to do baby steps. So like I travel with friends and I think the solo travel started, I have a really good friend. His, his name is George, uh, back in Greece. And he was the first one that introduced me to solo travel. he had been to Asia. And at the time, I, I think it was 2017 or 16. I'm not sure now, but he, he um, I, w- I was asking him the same, the same questions I get today. I was asking him, "Oh, are you in, are you afraid? Is a world like a uh, dangerous place?" And you know all these questions. And the real answer was, you know, I, I wasn't feeling, you know, I wasn't feel, feeling like it. But once I did, and I, I started doing, you know, traveling this way, I really, you know, I felt free. And now for me, it's really tough actually to travel with anybody else, to be honest, you know. <laughs> so yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely, there are different kind of travelers, you know, and the solo ones are the one who are more free spirited. <laughs> to be honest, searching for you yeah. know a lot of things around there. So basically, uh, your Greek solo uh, touches the cultures of the world. Like you, mm-hmm. uh, you want to touch the cultures and not. It's all about offbeat traveling and not like the regular traveling. So any experiences that you had, like, I would love to hear experiences from your side and point of view, because you have been solo traveling a lot of places. So what were the challenges and, you know, the excitement, the thrill, first time solo traveling and then how it just, you know, escalated?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember my first time that I ever traveled solo was in Israel. In Israel, it was, I think it was like 2000. I don't remember, I think what 2017, I believe it was 2017 and it was, Trump has had just been elected in uh, the U.S. Yeah. And I remember he had announced like a week before my trip, he, he had recognized Jerusalem as the capital of Israel, which, mm. you know, is not like the, you know, the nicest thing to say, you know, yeah. because obviously for the, you know, um, you know, Anyway, yeah. so so like when I, before I went, and because it was my first trip solo, everybody was trying to prevent me. Everybody was like, oh, this is dangerous, especially now, and it's tense, you know, and everything. But I don't know, something inside me, like, you know, was telling me to go. I went. It was like for a few days and it was like for a week anyway. And um, yeah, it was tense, but it, it was so, it was so new, you know, and I was so excited. I remember, I remember the first time I arrived at a hostel was in, Israel, actually, actually, it wasn't the first time, but it was the first time me being solo in a hostel. Hmm. And I remember like meeting so many other solo travelers. And up until this point, I thought I was crazy because everybody around me told me I was, cra- you know, was telling me I was crazy. Okay. And then I go that I go to that place and I see, you know, no, many people do this, and you know, and you know, for those for those um, that follow me, while well, like my, my my motto is travel solo, not alone. Like, me, traveling solo doesn't mean you travel alone because it's easy to meet people.
1: True.
0: You know, like, uh, and when you travel solo, you, you have the choice. So you have the choice, for example, like these days, for example, I'm like in Mexico, I wanted some time for myself and, you know, like to focus on my work. So I decided to be alone, you know, like I book a private room and, you know, I have my privacy, but then whenever I get, am you know, I'm bored of that, I can go outside and like, you know, and meet people. It's, it's really easy. So, you know, for anybody out there that aspires to travel solo, You know, you're not crazy, there are other people like you, a lot of people like you actually. So go do it and don't be scared or, you know, the world is a a much safer place than, uh, you know, it appears on the news, that's for sure.
1: Definitely, definitely. Like they talk about a lot of South Asian countries. Like you've also been to Vietnam, right? And you talk about uh, the Asia project, covering Mm -hmm. all these countries. So any experiences that you had uh, yeah. relating to culture and offbeat traveling that you do?
0: Quite a few, quite a few. I mean, like uh, I had many. So I think the most, I think like looking back like last year, I think one of, one of the most like fulfilling uh, experiences was uh, driving up. I did a road trip with uh, a travel photographer, a friend of mine. His name is Alex. He's from Peru. So we met in Myanmar and actually this is a cool story because like before Myanmar, I was in Vietnam, right? And up until then i had no idea like where myanmar was or what there was to do there right so and because i had done a road trip in vietnam before like when i booked my tra- my trip to myanmar i was like i would like to do that too but looking up online i couldn't find many uh how you say many information about the road trips in myanmar right so uh, in my mind i rejected it my first day in myanmar you know like i was in yangon it's like a country I had never met before, a city I've never been, been before. Like I have no idea whatsoever. Um, so my first day I meet this guy, this guy, Alex. And uh, so we're, we're talking, I was like, what, what are your plans? What are you gonna do? He'd been in Myanmar for like four months already. And he's like, I have a bike and I want to do a road trip. And I was like, cool, like, that's what I want to do, you know? And that's like, to me, that's not a coincidence, you know? Like something, something I had on my mind, I find somebody else that wants to do the exact same thing. And that happens like a lot, you know, like uh, during my travels. Anyway, so we, our goal was to travel to West Myanmar, a state called the Chin State, where there's an ancient tradition with uh, some w- women from that state that had to um, have, you know. F- tattoo on their faces and that that tradition actually was outlawed was uh, forbidden in uh, 1962 if i'm not mistaken so you know the the current generation like the old women holding this tradition is one of the last generations you know to be like this so we really wanted to to see this you know Uh, i had no idea about this tradition up until i met alex actually and because he was a photographer he's like okay let's go there and um, i remember like also uh, it was kind of dangerous to travel at the time at the area so like if if we were we were to go like normal tourists like taking a bus from a city like yangon or mandalay they wouldn't let white people uh you know like get on the bus to go there because there there, there was a religious conflict with bangladesh at the time you know with the rohingya minority so but we because we're on our own with our bikes we went and we don't, we obviously like asked like you know you know where's the fine line where is the dangerous area and stuff like so the place the place we went were actually okay So I remember like, you know, like arriving there and like, I remember the first time, so we arrived with our bikes and we see like an old woman on the road walking with tattoos. And we're like, oh my God, like we're here, you know? It was so, so amazing. And then we had to track uh, like to find some like, because they have like eight different tribe types, uh, you know, different tattoos with different meanings. uh, The two most, how you say, well-known explanations about why they did tattoo on their face at the time. Uh, where, like, so there are two explanations. One, the, the Chin State women like, were known to be beautiful. So the king of Myanmar at the time would go to Chin State and you know, take women for, for him because he was the king anyway. So like, they would make tattoos on their faces to avoid the king taking them and stay with their families. So that's one explanation. And the other explanation is that, which is actually the most common, like most, most women we met and asked, they were saying that uh, they would do the tattoos because they felt like they, were, you know, all the girls were doing at the time and all their friends and they were doing that because they felt they were more beautiful. So they had a better chance to get married. I have like a, an extensive, like, uh, you know, reportage, like I say, um, how your you reportage in English? Whatever, so I have like a survey on my website. So yeah, whoever is interesting, he, they can go and check it out.
1: Definitely, and I can provide a link in the description box below. Definitely Sure, sure. Yeah. Okay, and uh, like when you said that you did not have any, you know, solo travels before, this was your first time traveling to, you know, the Asia project that you did. So what were the challenges that you faced as a solo traveler for the first time ever?
0: Yeah, it, it, actually it was because I, the challenges were actually like back home because like, like most people don't understand what we do. So it's like, <laughs> if somebody cannot understand what you do then they're gonna provide objections. And mm. the most common reason for those objections is not like they love you, but like it's because I think most people try to justify something that they don't, they, they don't understand, you know, like, I don't know this deep college, but we need to get. But, um, I'm not sure that's important. <laughs> uh, I mean, it is important, but anyway. So yeah, they were they were telling me, oh, where are you going? And like, why don't get a normal job? And you know all those things. You know, like, when are you going to settle down? and Everything. But for me, like settling down and know my, how my life is gonna go for the next forty years is scary. To to be honest with you, in action, and I, I don't know. I, I remember I um. So to fund my, because like maybe that's important for your audience, to fund my trip in Asia, I had to work, you know, because like up until that point I wasn't making any money. Uh, I mean, I'm not making any, you know, a lot of money now, but you know, it's better than in Asia. So, because I want to do that and um, I had to, you know, find money and, you know, being in Greece, it's really difficult to save money for a big project, like, you know, uh, me traveling in Asia for like four months. So, um I, I i went to do a seasonal job uh, your audience might know uh, santorini in greece it's like an island well-known island with like wide mm-hmm. buildings so i went there to work because uh compared to the jobs in the mainland greece where i'm from uh you know if you work in the on the islands of greece it's like you, you get paid better right mm. so so i went there to do a seasonal job for like five months and it was really tough conditions you know because like really we we're like working 15 hours a day, you know, 14 hours a day in the sun and everything. I mean, it wasn't like the most pleasant thing to do, but I, it's what I had to do in order to fulfill my dream because nobody was going to hit knock, knock on my door one day and be like, hey, this is some money to go and travel, you know. I actually had to do it for myself because I really wanted to to create a Greek solo and, you know, to make this more, more professional, right? Right? And uh, so I did. It was really tough because... You know, there were times I was like, you know, what am I doing here? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, you know, what am I doing here? And eventually I left and I remember because I booked a one-way ticket. Actually, actually, when I booked my ticket to Singapore from Athens, to Singapore, the previous day I had an accident with my motorbike. Like uh, I had like an accident. Uh, it was, it was, I remember it was the 22nd of August when I booked my ticket. The 21st is when I had the accident and that's 2019. And, um, and I was like. You know, up until that point, uh, I, I would say to everybody that I want Santa to go to Asia, but I didn't have a date. Like, I didn't, I, had, I hadn't booked a ticket. So, like, on that day day after the accident, because I was, like, stressed and everything, I was like, you know what? I'm going to book my ticket to Singapore now. So, I went online, <laughs> booked my ticket for the, uh, when was it? I think it was the 5th, 5th of, of November, 2019. And, and I was like, you know. From then on, everybody was asking me, when are you gonna leave? I was like, on oh, the 5th of November, <laughs> you know, I have a date yeah. So I remember like boarding on that flight and like, because I did, I, I didn't have a return ticket. So I didn't know, and it was the first time I was actually traveling for work, you know, which is like a whole different thing, mm-hmm. you know? And it's challenging actually, it's like stressful, it's beautiful, but it's not like as fancy as it seems, you know, uh, because as human beings, we like to, you know, look at the end result and not on, you know, on the process. Anyway, so it was the first time traveling for work. I started, I started because at the time I wasn't blogging. I was I was only doing photography and like blog posts, and I started like writing my blog posts like on the on the plane. It was like a thirteen-hour flight or something, and I was like, okay, this is interesting, you know. And then arriving in Singapore, and I remember because I use a, I used couch surfing a lot, and I went to my host's house he was he was from Malaysia, and he was living in Singapore, and he was like. I remember I arrived in like at 5 a.m. in Singapore and living November in Greece is winter. I arrived 5 a.m. in Singapore, it was like 32 degrees. I'm like, <laughs> what's going on here? So I go to my host. So I go my to my host house and he's like, Welcome to Asia. And I'm like, thank you. <laughs> uh, you know, that was the first time I, went to, I was introduced to culture. I, I remember I remember I had to like you know, leave my shoes outside of the house because you know that's what you do in Asia, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It was it was a beautiful experience. Like, about the, the more challenging part was like before, and then I had some challenges along the way. I can also mention a really big, the biggest challenge of my travels was when I do. I was doing the Hajang Loop for those uh, you know of your audience that know. It's a road trip uh, like in the north Vietnam, close to the border with China, and um, so. So there uh, I, was, I started, you know, doing solo this trip. Like I rent a bike and started, you know, because like that's what most people do. And then I met some friends and then I split, I split with my friends. And then on that day that like this story that is going to unfold. And on that day, I, uh, the, the schedule was to reach the, no- the northern part. It's, it's like a town. It's called Lungku. It's like a small village. It's right on the border with China. And so I arrived there and then it was like, it was, you know, it was nighttime at that, you know, I, I, caught, I caught the sunset, but then I, I had to drive one hour, like, uh, so like I, I was here, I had to go here. I reached like where, where I went to go, but then I had to go all the way back, like to drive for an hour to, to reach the village I was about to spend the night. But, you know, the roads weren't the best, you know, the drivers aren't the best either. I won't lie, Vietnamese truck drivers didn't help. So, you know, like, I remember I was uh, on my way back. I was tired because I was already driving, like, for eight hours. You know, I was driving all day. So, so uh, on my way back, I actually fell from the from the motorbike. It was literally in the middle of nowhere. Literally no civilization, either in front of me or behind me. There was nobody. It was in the, I was in the middle of nowhere, pitch black. I was hit. I, I, I also fell on my waist, and I had a problem oh my on my waist also. Yeah, and like uh, the bike was like all over the place. My backpack oh. was, which, which was tied on the bike, was also all over the place, and uh, whatever. <laughs> so like I. Uh... I and that's not the worst part of it. Wait, wait, wait. So like uh, I I get up. Like thankful the bike was working, but there was nobody there like to help me or anything because it, it was literally been of over. Uh, so like you know I stand up. Like I uh, I tie the backpack again. I was like I was I was hurting so bad, you know, and. Uh, Anyway, so, like, then I started, you know, on my way, the village I wanted to reach, it was called, and it's called Dong Van, it was like, you know, a local village. Uh, So, I remember the GPS was telling me, like, 40 minutes like, you know, after this incident happened. So I was driving, you know, at night. It's actually, it's actually started raining as well. So Damn. Like, <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, I'm driving. But then like, I, you know, it would say like 40 minutes, 39 minutes. And then because it was the mountains, the mountains area, and the signal is on, it's not good. The GPS, the GPS didn't know where to go. So like one second, it would say 40 minutes. And then like five, 50 meters, like further, it would say one and a half hour. So I was like... So I was like, "What happens now?" You know, I was I was hurt, and I, it was really tough. You know, like now I'm laughing
1: at it. Yeah, it really I'm sorry about it. laughing at it too. <laughs> really sorry. Yeah, but that it, was it, really awful.
0: No, no, it, it's fine. It's fine. It's awful. You know, it, I'm laughing too. It's fine. You know, looking back, it's you know funny. <laughs> I didn't know where to go. I remember, like, I I reached the crossroad, I, you know, there was a small shop or something. I asked, you know, like, basically, I don't speak Vietnamese, obviously. (laughs) So, so so I showed them my phone. I was like, here, like, uh, like, I showed them, I showed them the the name of the village. And the the, the local guy was telling me to go like left. And uh, the GPS was telling me to go right. (laughs) (laughs) So long story story short. (laughs) Yeah. So long story short, I trusted the the local person, and then like thirty minutes later or whatever, I arrived at my destination, and I spent the night, and I took a shower, and <laughs> hit the deck. And the next day, everything was fine. I continued. And all so. good,
1: all good. Like you were not hurt really bad. Yeah. Then. I mean, it wasn't it? It
0: was. It, it, it wasn't all good. I was hurting a lot, but yeah. Oh God. Yeah. It's. <laughs> uh, I was fine. I was fine. It, it, could, it could have been worse. So it's all yeah. good. So yeah, that was like a big challenge. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Any tips for the travelers, you know, solo traveling <laughs> anywhere in the world? I mean- Any bonus tips?
0: <laughs> yeah there are many tips you know you i mean like because most people that don't do solo travel and for example now now i'm in mexico everybody's texting me oh like mexico is dangerous and everything you know because the, there watch narcos on netflix and you think <laughs> the whole mexico is like narco people no you know the every, <laughs> what i always say the everyday people that sell champurrado, champurrado is like a a type of cacao here. You know, the the everyday people that work outside, they're not narco people, they're everyday people going on, you know, with their lives and and they're harmless and they're there to help. Actually Mexican people like are some of the, you know, friendliest people I've seen. They're so friendly, honestly. So yeah, like the most, the the common question I get a lot from people that don't do solo travel is about danger. So, so what I would advise is to actually, you know, don't like take for granted what you see on the news or some what somebody else tells you because like when somebody tries to prevent you from going somewhere and they haven't been actually there you know, they tell me but don't go to mexico but the person that, that, that gives me that advice you know uh, hasn't been to mexico <laughs> mm-hmm. like they say they tell me don't go to vietnam the person that gives me that advice hasn't been to vietnam so a, pay attention, pay attention, sorry, to who's giving you the advice. That's not my quote. That's Gary V's quote, but I agree with that. So pay attention to who's giving you the advice, A. Two, you know, just, just go for it. And if you feel like it, you, you'll see that the world is a safe place. I mean, you know, they're dangerous neighborhoods in Mexico. They're dangerous neighborhoods in london they're dangerous neighborhoods i don't know in india there are dangerous neighborhoods everywhere around the world like you know anywhere in the world so you take you take the precautions and you pay attention to you know the same things that you would pay attention to back in your country for example i won't go and walk in mexico in the middle of the night in an empty street you know i'm not stupid you know Hmm. so you know you just use your common sense and you'll be fine. The world will take care of you. Obviously, there are gonna be some struggles along the way. I mean, depends, you know, because you can travel solo in a touristic way, but you know, if you, for example, that experience I, I just described to you, you know, you know it's because i i chase the the unknown and that's what fulfills me that doesn't mean that so there, there are the only way to travel solo We can travel solo in vietnam vietnam is a really touristic place you can find you know it's easy, really easy to travel and most places that you actually go it's easy to travel it's you know some of us take the extra step because you know we search for the adventure but you know and that's okay, but that doesn't that doesn't mean that that's the only way to travel. So you know, go for it. Pay attention to who's giving you the advice, and last but not least, just be careful as you would back in your own country.
1: Definitely, definitely, that's a very good advice here. And also, you always keep a backup friend. Like you said in your many, you know, uh, talks that you keep a back of friend in every country that you visit before you are going yeah. to that place. Like that's your motto as well, that travel solo but not alone. So I guess people yeah, can, yeah, you know, yeah. get into that as well
0: exactly exactly yeah traveling you know like now like most of my friends are spread all around the globe. literally like they're in vietnam they're in philippines now they're mexico you know they're in greece and europe then the netherlands they're in india actually i have a, I have a really close friend from uh, kerala kerala is in the south right
1: kerala is yes, in the south
0: yeah i know the south they don't speak hindi either it's like a different yeah thing they right speak now.
1: english
0: yes yeah yeah i actually you know this is a fun fact so when i met that guy we, we traveled together in the south of vietnam and because he his job was really related, related to travel, his English was great, and everything, but then we met another another Indian from the north, and they were speaking English to each other, and I was like, "What you know because as a foreigner, you know like I know India is massive, but like I wasn't introduced into that
1: and then <laughs> yeah. I realized
0: that he, and then I realized that you guys like speak a thousand languages or whatever
1: <laughs> Just yeah, North yeah, yeah. has so many languages like there's marathi, there's Gujarati there's Punjabi, there's Bengali. So, yeah, the oh common language that connects us is, again, English. <laughs>
0: it's yeah, yeah. yeah, it's weird, but it's beautiful at the same time. But, yeah, back to your point, as you said, you know, you make friends, and then I can go visit my friends, for example, if I go to the Philippines, if I go to Vietnam, or if I go somewhere in Europe, I have friends, you know, so that helps as well
1: definitely and i guess like if anybody is solo traveling they can definitely do that and do a research on you know the places that you're being like for example it's vietnam let's say so like a greek solo has been there go watch their vlogs and then you know <laughs> like <laughs> research a little more about that place just by listening to news don't get you know ideas about the place Hello.
0: yeah man. exactly you, you you can research well that's what i always do but you know obviously the research and your experience are going to be different, obviously. But you always have to research, right? You always have to research because you're in a foreign country and you have to research when you actually arrive. So what what I do now, I do some research online, but what I do, for example, I arrive, for example, to Mexico City. And then I I ask locals in that very country, let's say Mexico right now, right? So I'm like, okay, where should I go? Where are the safe places? Where where are the dangerous areas, you know? And because they live there, they know better than the vlogger. They know better than me, obviously, because it's my first time there. So like always ask the local people as well. Once you arrive in, you know, any country you go.
1: Definitely, definitely. Like uh, when I was going to Dubai, so, Dubai can be a little different for Indians. Like if you go there, you find your kind of people. But when Indians go there, they see India. There's, there's a lot of India in Dubai. And literally the Meena Bazaar is like a part of India. You go there and it's different place altogether. Meena Bazaar of Dubai is the same India that we see in India. So when we went there, we talked to the local drivers in Meena Bazaar and the rates were like different from the ones that we would book from any travel agent. So that, that mm-hmm. is what I suggested to people was that whenever you go to Dubai, go to Mina Bazaar, bargain with the, uh, you know, those, uh, taxi drivers. And those cab drivers are going to take you to different places and show you around in very less cost and more, even more. So they'll show you around the Dubai that you don't know of, like not the regular places, but the offbeat places, you know, the more, more cultural pa- places, where you exactly. can see the culture so, more.
0: Once, you know, uh, I was in Portugal. In Lisbon and uh, which is my favorite city in Europe by far. It's like an amazing place. Portugal is an amazing place, but Lisbon, I don't know, I love Lisbon. So I was in Lisbon, I was with a friend actually at the time. And um, I don't know, we, we took a tuk-tuk, we hired a tuk-tuk to go uh somewhere, but a tuk-tuk driver suggested it and that he took us to a cooler place. And that place was called the LX Factory, which was like an industrial, how you say, place with like storages that like every storage had a theme. For example, they had a, like a, a storage for like co- that where they made solely coffee, and then they had another storage like a, like a bookstore, and they had another place like that, that they would do how you say objects solely out of wood, you know, it, you know. And we we had no idea about this place, so it's like the exact same uh, tip that you just uh, mentioned.
1: Exactly. Like uh, we visited Abu Dhabi in the same trip because of that driver and we still have his contact Now He's from India as well, Kerala side of India again. So he showed us around and then he made a shop in, you know, uh, like otherwise you would go to different shops and you wouldn't know where the fine products are. But then he gave us the best prices and in the end he even paid for <laughs> chocolate and dates, etc. because we became so good friends. So that is how you talk to the locals and you, you know, you get to know a lot more about the culture rather than if you're going with a, you know, touristy sightseeing kind of a thing. So, yeah, exactly, Exactly. amazing. So Tasos, this was like um, a lot of adventure stories from you, but any future plans like and how COVID changed your plans? Like being a solo traveler, you started your projects and you were looking for more. So how did COVID change your plans?
0: So, uh, yeah, that's a good question also. So I, um, I, I remember I, I, I headed back to, So like towards the end of the Asia project. It was February 2020. And I, I, I went back to Vietnam because uh, I wanted to, to teach English there because it's quite common to teach English in Vietnam. And in many Asian countries, actually, but Vietnam is like well-known for travelers and expats. I, I have many friends that do this. So, so I went there to do that, but then schools started to close because of COVID. So like, it was difficult to do that. And then I was invited actually to an event back in Greece, like in April. So I was like, okay, I'll go back to Greece, do this event and then go back to be able to teach, you know, when things come, but you know, at the time, because COVID like started like early 2020, right? Like December, like, I don't remember, like January Feb- or something?
1: Feb- February, huh, January in Europe and then Feb in India, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, when when like it started in Wuhan, in Wuhan yeah, or uh, it was whatever in it's called.
1: Wuhan, yes. Yeah,
0: I was in Thailand at the time, and because like Europeans are not really educated, so Europeans think like Asia, like it's you know like, that Thailand's next next to China, which is close, you know. But you know, it's yeah. it was kind of far. So anyway, I was at the time th- at the time we didn't have many data. So I was like, okay, I'll go back to Greece and then go back to Asia, but then. As soon as I arrived to Greece late, I, I arrived like, I remember like, like almost like early March, late February or something. And then like the next week, Greece goes to lockdown. <laughs> and then, you know, I was locked down for many months. And it was actually tough because I I, I was used to a different lifestyle up, 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 up until that moment. And then I was locked. But as I said, you know, uh, I was trying, and I still am trying not to think, you know, only about myself, this is like, like a global issue. Anyway, so I stayed in Greece. I I got like a normal job which like it was like my scene, but you know, I had to save to be in Mexico now actually. <laughs> yeah. So so yeah, um and then the plan is like for, if, if it wasn't for COVID, I would be now either to Nepal or India. But because of COVID, I came to Mexico instead. Apologies to you guys over there, but I will keep my <laughs> <I> promise. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I came to Mexico instead because it was open, you know, it was uh, no quarantine, no tests. So it was like easy. Like once I landed to Mexico, it was easy to get in. But like, as I explained earlier, it was tough to actually arrive to Mexico in the first place. Yeah. So yeah, it changed my plans, you know, because I was thinking to do like, um, I want to do, as I told you, off air, the, the Cadungla road trip in mm-hmm. India. And, uh, mountains
1: yeah. and
0: i want to also like i want to do many things you know you know i want to go to yeah i want to do the many things but yeah those are postponed for now but you know as i always say you you adjust you know that's what human beings do if if we, we, we were having we sorry if we were having this conversation like a year ago it, will, it, it would be in a totally different context you know so Definitely. like and being and doing this conversation now you know, that shows you a lot about human nature and what we are actually able to do, you know, like, you know, I I go outside to eat breakfast now and it's like, it's like, you know, like you see people with masks and now it's normal because your brain is able to adjust to that, you know, and, you know, it, you know, it justifies it as as normal, which it's not, by the way, (laughs) it's a new normal, but like, you know, (laughs) Uh, So yeah, it changed changed my plans, but, you know, I have to adjust. So yeah, I'll be the plan. The current plan is to travel a bit through Latin America. Hope that this new, like, new virus in the UK (laughs) doesn't, like, spread and we have, like, 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 and we have a whole, like, 2020 all over again. I really hope.
1: I don't want that again. No.
0: Yeah, no, no, please not. So anyway so uh, yeah the plan is to travel to latin america make some more content and then hopefully if asia opens asia opens i want to go to vietnam straight from uh, here but you know things change i don't know something might happen and i go back to greece i don't know but yeah that what's for sure is i don't want to go back to europe anytime soon like until things you know really calm down but one thing 2020 has taught us is not to make long-term plans. I just take it day by day, week by week, month by month, and you know, try my best each and every day.
1: Definitely. And 2020 has also taught us to be, you know, a little more flexible with our plans. Like don't yeah, make plans, just exactly. be flexible with whatever you're doing. So I would like to ask you one more thing that uh, being in Mexico, what all cities did you cover and currently what is your daily routine, you know, in Mexico?
0: Yeah, sure. Sure. Um, so I arrived in Mexico, I've been like almost a month, like in, in like five days, it will be a month that I'm here. So I'm like 25 days here. Um, yeah. So I was in Mexico city for like 12 days, like almost two weeks. And then I went to Puebla It's a city two hours South of Mexico city. It's a small town. It's a beautiful town. Uh, I stayed there, filmed some more, did some more. Then I came to Oaxaca where I'm here and, uh, what happened was because I'm ir- irresponsible. Normally, I'm responsible when, with my things, with my belongings, and everything. Like in the fir- in the like five years, I'm doing this on and on and off. It's the first time I ever lose something. So you know, but things can happen. So I lost all of my. I had a bag with all of my hard drives. I just released a video on my YouTube. And I had back with all my hard drives, all my cables, and uh, all my chargers for laptops, for cameras, and everything. So, in those hard drives, was all of my footage from Asia, from Mexico, also. I had all my videos from the Mexico series. So, I lost all of that. So, now, you know, and now, actually, in that bag was also my passport. Oh, uh, damn. Which, yeah, which, luckily enough, a kind kid, like around 70 years old, found it on the street. so obviously somebody somebody took my bag and like you know took all the things and threw the passport in the street so he literally told me like i found on the street outside the stadium like five minutes from the bus station so yeah uh, i had my passport back thankfully he found me on facebook he gave it to me really kind person. And that tells you a lot about Mexican people as well. You know, Mexican people, you know, obviously the, the person that took my things is not decent, but the person that found my passport and reached out to me is decent. So they're good and bad people, bad people all around the world.
1: Definitely.
0: Anyway, so my daily routine now, so like I was a bit stressful as we can imagine because I lost my passport, you know, my, Definitely,
1: definitely,
0: my ba- basically three weeks of work, like yeah. tough work because, because I had made like really good videos. You know the videos i make because i try to you know connect with locals as you say that takes a lot, of, a lot of time i have to connect with locals the locals have to take me somewhere so that takes some time you know and energy and planning and filming and editing whatever so i lost many stories also like my backup from asia so now it was a bit stressful but like today i think i'm back on like track i have to film some more so now and what i said in the video was like for example i could be frustrated which i am obviously because my work was my passport and everything but i can let that affect me or i can you know use that maybe that's an indication for me to work harder or you know to make better content you know so what i'm planning to do now is to actually double down so now i have to make double the content i made for three weeks you know to basically create the, the things i lost you know, from, uh, from my hard drives and my content. So my daily routine basically is, you know, uh, so what I like to do is I like to first script and like first find the ideas for the videos I want to create. Then if I need a local, then find a local that might, can might, you know, help me with that idea because it makes it also, uh, you, you have to be careful obviously because I like to, you know, go to local areas but obviously I won't go to local, to local area as a white and as a person that doesn't speak the language very well, you know, because I stand out anyway, you know, with a camera even more so. So <laughs> I try to find locals. So I script my videos, then I, find, I connect with locals and I film. So what I do is I film for some days. So I film for like a week, all of my videos, and then I go somewhere chill for like two, three weeks to edit my videos. And then, you know, I post them on YouTube. So that's basically me. And, you know, during those, those times, I sometimes call my mom, like, mom, I'm okay, I'm not dead and everything, you know. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, that's my daily routine, yeah.
1: And what was your mom's reaction, you know, uh, traveling during COVID and leaving Greece, yeah. going to Mexico, yeah. like, Mexico, Greece, yeah. COVID. <laughs>
0: yeah, it's it, it, it's a bit far. As as the people would say in uh, Spanish, muy lejos, like, really far. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think my parents, because they they really, I think they don't entirely understand what I'm I'm doing, you know, because the different generation. So like my parent generation is, you know, is taught to get a job, get a you know, get a girlfriend, get married, and you know, like do all that thing, those things. But as long as they see me happy, and for example, when I'm back in Greece, I'm not happy. Like that's like the, like as simply as I can put it. So when I'm back in Greece, I'm not happy, but when I'm on the road and when I'm creating and when I'm connecting with my audience and when I'm doing these things, which you know, which one of which is we're doing right now, I'm I'm really happy, you know, and I'm really feeling that I'm on the right path. As long as they see me happy, I think they kind of understand and I also explain to them. They understand that this is I'm trying to pursue a career, and you know, to pursue this type of career, I have to be you know to do that so yeah my mom told me as i told you because i left in the end of november she, she told me wait till the quarantine is done like the 30th of, of november and then we can meet and then we you can leave because we live in different cities but i was like mom like it's gonna be extended as i told you it's already extended till january and it's gonna be like this so i was like there's no reason to wait and you know it, actually planning flights and everything with COVID, you're going to like book a flight a month from now. So I decided when I, when I took the decision, I booked the flight like a week, a, a week before, you know? So, and as I, as I told you, it changed and then finally I made it. But yeah. So I think they, under, as, as long as I'm happy and as long as like, you know, your audience is happy. I mean, like, if, if someone in your audience, listener or viewer feels like they want to do something, but they're afraid, uh, you know, what the family might say. I mean, like, Culturally, it's different, like being a European, being in India, obviously. But I guess, yeah, I don't know, like your, your parents understand when you're happy and when you're not happy. So, you know, I think uh, they really get that. And, you know, I'm happy, you know, seeing them, you know, uh, happy as well. Uh, I mean, they're long down, down now in Greece and it's cold. But yeah, yeah. I feel a guilty to be in Mexico. But <laughs> actually, actually, you know, what, what the pandemic uh, has uh, taught me is that uh, being in Mexico, because it's my first project, you know, after COVID hit, I'm really grateful. You know, for example, I'm really grateful being able to go and buy a breakfast here and speak in Spanish and, you know, like interact with the locals. I'm really grateful for that. I was grateful before, but now I'm grateful in in a different level. You know, I'm grateful every single day, you know? So that's the most important thing the pandemic has has taught me actually.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there's some...
0: there's some background noise, I'm in the hostel. Apologies no, that's that, cool, though. that's
1: cool. Like I, I give yeah, this warning that we are gonna do it, you know, in different places yeah. on Zoom. So yeah. do not mind the yeah. background noises. It'd be natural. Yeah, sure.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's natural. It's like the hostel left. that's what happens.
1: Exactly, uh, exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so like how, how strict was the lockdown in Greece? Like uh, we were locked down in India for like a very long time and uh, people were panicked about the food and stuff. And then now they're like very chill.
0: Yeah, we, we had two lockdowns in Greece. Um, the first one was, if I'm not mistaken, from March till May. And then we opened in May for the summer because the tourism industry is like the, one of the... Uh, you know, biggest, how you say, uh, stones, should I say, I don't know how you say in English, yeah. like, a McDonald's big thing. Uh,
1: Santorini are really beautiful places and very good attractions for, I guess, the tourists. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, not only Santorini, but the whole Greece is like, you know, it's yeah, basically it's relied, relies on tourism, yeah, it's a beautiful place uh, for vacation, <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, so we open for the summer, and now from the end of October and November were an ongoing lockdown till January as I told you but it's gonna be extended most likely. Um, yeah so it was really strict actually I read a survey from the University of Oxford the other day Greece is on the top five countries with the most strict lockdowns in the world so it's like Venezuela and then Honduras like and then I, I don't remember some other countries and then number five is Greece so like how strict is the lockdown? Actually, when the first lockdown, you know, came around in March, everybody was panicking and everybody was like rushing to get food and everything. Like it was wartime,
1: yeah. uh,
0: but you know, obviously that kind of makes sense because it was a new situation. So like people don't know how to react to it now. As I, as we mentioned earlier, where you know we adjusted to the situation. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah. Now people are more chill I'd say I mean they're used to it but like to tell you how strict it is in Greece in Greece you have to in order to go outside you're only allowed to go outside for very specific reasons like going to the groceries or going to go to the pharmacy or go to the doctor that's it and go to work obviously but most of you know most type of types of jobs are, you know, like Zoom, like we're doing now. Yeah. So like very few people actually work, you know, like uh, with a physical presence somewhere. So you basically inside. You have to text. You have to text a number on your phone. The number is 13033. Uh, and then that you have, so we have six different numbers, you know, um, how you say uh, depending on what activity you want to do. So for example, like you want to go to the grocery, store, you, send, so you send us number two, you know, it's like that. So you send number two and you send an, a, a text message and then the, the government number has text you back with a confirmation. So you have, you you know, you're allowed to go outside and that's only for a few hours, you know, because you, you're gonna go, go to buy groceries for like five hours, you know, you know what I mean? Uh, and they they check, the police checks and everything. So. That, that's how you actually are able to go outside oh I forgot to mention you're you also allowed to go outside for like uh, working out with number six <laughs> <laughs> in Greece and uh, and from 9 p.m. to 5 a.m. that that was the situation up until I left you're not allowed to go outside for any reason whatsoever like you're not you're, not, you're just not allowed to go outside it's like forbidden you know so on this survey, I read that um, there's their, their strictness scale was from zero to 90, like zero being the least, 90 being being the most strict. And Greece is ranked, like uh, the, the score of Greece is 84.26 out of 90.
1: Yeah. And 90
0: is like the dictatorship or something. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. It, it's actually what the survey was saying. So, you know, mm. it's, uh, it, it's bad in, in, in Greece and in Europe in general. So being in Mexico, and actually I, I have to share this with you because I was in, you know, like lockdown and open, but like when we opened, I was actually working all day. I wasn't doing anything. And uh, then lockdown again and now being here, as I told you, I'm grateful. But for example, like the other day, because when I'm here in Oaxaca state, I'm in Oaxaca state right now, which is like ba- basically one of the most beautiful states in Mexico. And here the bars and everything are open, like till late, like 2 a.m., 3 a.m. You know, after you go, you can go and party. And I went like, you know, outside and I'm not like the more, the, you know, the, I don't like to party because I work so much, but like I went outside and it was so surreal for me that I was in a bar drinking a beer with other people, you know, it was actually surreal, you know, I was like, what is going on right now? know like, in Greece, bars and everything, because like socializing is the big part of the Greek culture. We have countless cafes, countless restaurants. So no matter how much money you have, little, little or more, or you know a lot of money, you go outside in Greece. It's a big part of the culture. So it's like being here, here it's real, you know, like everything close for so so long, and um, yeah, that's why you know I I appreciate you know each and every moment being here. So
1: yeah, it's yeah. been
0: quite a journey, to, to say the least. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Now you're savoring all of it <laughs> that we all took for granted before. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And you know, you it's it feels so much. You know, uh, you feel so you feel more rich in a sense, you know, you're like, yeah. you know, this is beautiful. You know, like why we do, uh, because I, I have friends that they travel like for many, many years, you know, ongoing travel. And, um, you know, when you, when you do that type of thing, you kind of get used to it because you're like, okay, I'll go, I don't know, I'll go to Brazil after, or I go to Colombia, or, you know, I'll go wherever. And, you know, up until, you know, before COVID, this was like, okay, there was okay to do it. It was normal. But now, you know, you, you really appreciate it. And I think that's, uh, that's one of the big positives uh, the pandemic has brought.
1: Definitely, definitely. Now coming towards the end of uh, the interview, uh, any last message that you would like to give to our listeners and viewers? Uh, I mean,
0: like if you feel trapped in your life, you know, and, and that's how I felt uh, before I started this journey. And like, to be frank and to be honest, you know, like I'm not sure if what i'm doing now is going to work professionally you know it's just what i really want to do and what i really want to chase a friend of mine a vlogger from greece uh, he told me that what we do is actually really difficult psychologically because you you put in so 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 much effort you know with your camera and like it takes a lot of effort and energy and you don't even know if it's going to work you know that's how stressful it is being a creator you know
1: definitely yes. but, it's a,
0: but it's a choice we make and we love it obviously but yeah. So if you feel trapped and just, just go for it, you know, like, as I, as I told earlier, you know, when you lie down in your bed, you know, what you want to do? So like do that. And, um, if you devote your heart and soul and you go like a thousand percent, uh, you know, if you will, um, the world w- will take care of you. And actually another quote from Ryan Serhan, he's like a real estate agent in New York. He says, if you take care of the work, the work will take care of you, you know, so, but thing is like, another question I get uh, a lot is like, how do I find what I want to love, because, what, what I want to do, what I love to do It's like, you try, you try a lot of things, you, you try something, you know, you reject it, you try, you try, you try, you try. And then eventually you're going to, how do you say, close the spectrum of, you know, what you like. And then I, I really feel that you, if you, if you keep searching, you're going to find it And when you find it actually commit to it, you know? And for example, like doing this, what I'm doing now, is um is difficult because it's like because I'm here for work as I mentioned earlier. It's tough to say no because you know, like you meet people and they're like, "Oh, let's go for a beer," but yeah, I have to edit the video. Let's go to party. No, I have to film. You know, so yeah, it, it's it's uh, how you say it? it's uh, you have to make compromises. Like in the sense, you know, you have to not, not not compromise. Like you know, set priorities. So you know. When you find that something, actually commit to it, that, that that will mean that you you'll have to prioritize it before of parting, before of I don't know, your spouse or you know, you, you you really have to commit, you know. So yeah, just go for it. That that's my uh my advice. And like answers are only are only how you say given, are only found better by doing. So like if you take action, things are gonna happen. If you just watch videos like this one which is good you know it's good to take inspiration it's good to like like you know uh get inspired but like that's what i do also like i inspired i I get inspired sorry but then i act on the inspiration i got so it's perfect it's it's perfect to get inspiration it's great to do you know to read books and to do to really listen to audiobooks and you know watch series and movies, but then you actually have to act, you know, because your life is different. Than my life is different than Minax's life It's different than Gary V's life. It, it's different than anybody's life. So really? you have to go out there and like do things that, you know, are going to work for you. So yeah, go out there, do, 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 do. And then, you know, things happen magically. So yeah, that's it.
1: Definitely a very beautiful advice. And I see that you follow Gary Vee a lot. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. I-
0: I do. I do. I do. I mean, but I mean, as I, as I say, when I, and that's a trap I, I fell into as well. So for example, when, when I started watching Gary Vee, I was like, okay, that's cool. But I was, I was just watching. Whereas now, now yeah. I haven't, to be honest, I haven't watched Gary Vee in like, I don't know, like six months because I, yeah, I, 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 act for myself, you know, definitely. So th- That's a really good advice, you know, exactly. Yeah. Like the, the self-help, like, like world living, it's good, but it can also be toxic, you know, because, Mm. you know, if you don't act and if you don't do things for yourself, then it's like, because self-help means like you're imperfect, which we are all imperfect, That's totally fine. But, you know, uh, it can be toxic, but as soon as you like take action, things are going to happen. So, yeah, As, 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 uh, as I said, I'm currently in action mode, not like, you know, uh, watching mode. But yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. And that's how things work. We have to, you know, uh, initially there's a lot of hustle, whatever we are doing, whatever, even if it's podcasting, even if it's anything content creation, whatever it is, initially it takes the hustle. All right. So yeah, definitely. Uh, So um, lastly, like how can our listeners and viewers connect with you?
0: So you, you can find me on uh, if you type a Greek solo, my brand is a Greek solo across all the social media platforms. You can find me now. I'm really active on YouTube. I, that's where I devote most of my time. I post once or twice a week, like I'm trying to do twice a week. It's challenging you know because I'm on the road, but I'm really trying my best. Um, so um, you can find me on YouTube a Greek solo. You can find me on Instagram at Greek Solo. You can find more of my work, one of my general projects on my website at greeksolo.com. You can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Facebook at Greek Solo as well. So yeah, uh, but mostly on YouTube and Instagram, to be honest.
1: Definitely. And I'll be providing all the links in the description box below. Do check it out, guys.
0: I appreciate it. I appreciate it, guys. And thank you so much for uh, for having me.
1: Yeah, that was a wonderful, wonderful conversation. Thank you so much for being on Inspiring Explorers. We loved it.
0: I loved it too, to be honest. You know, it was a big break out of my, uh, you know, like, my life these days is like you know i rush from one place to another but i really appreciate this uh, conversation conversation here with you hope it uh, you know it provided value to your audience hopefully and yeah see you in uh, delhi i guess
1: definitely we would i mean i will be waiting for you definitely waiting what do we say in greek for, for goodbye
0: um so we, we say a deal but like we don't really okay. use that okay let, let, let me think we, we normally say taleme, which means like talk to you soon, you know? Taleme. Taleme, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah we can see you, you soon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We'll see you
0: okay. soon. Okay, uh, yeah. So, uh, see you soon is taleme sidoma.
1: Taleme sidoma.
0: Yeah, perfect.
1: Yeah. <laughs> awesome, awesome. And uh, namaste for you know, from India.
0: Okay, I got it. I got it. Namaste.
1: So this was Tasso's inspiring life journey so far and some funny travel experiences. Thank you so much for listening to this episode and I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, then please subscribe to my YouTube channel and if you're listening to this episode on Spotify, please follow and if on Apple Podcasts, then please subscribe and please leave a review about the show. Come connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter and Clubhouse. All the links are in the description box below. You can also search me by Voyage. M-Y-P-O-H-O-V-O-Y-A-G-E. So see you next time with another inspiring interview. Till then, goodbye and take care. Keep exploring, keep inspiring.